back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, it is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. The entire crew is back again as we get ready for week zero coming up. Uh, we're going to get some football, and uh, we'll have a chance to talk to Brett Venables and the players uh, tonight. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. It'll be the first time in 24 days since we've talked to players. Haven't spoken to him this entire camp. We've had a couple of media sessions with Brent Venables, but we, you know, I'll say this, and I've said this on the board. A lot of people ask me about media access and all that. Brent's been fantastic about just Absolutely. saying, hey, come out, see some practice. He'll let us say, I mean, like, there's an a hour at a time. There. There's yeah. a trade off. There's a trade off. And, and you know, I, look, I, if the Kale Gundy stuff had not happened, Absolutely, I think we would have talked to players. Yes, yeah. we, we were supposed scheduled. to that day, yeah. right? That that Monday. That Monday, yeah. Yep. And, so, and credit to them, even though that they canceled the availability, we still got the viewing with players and coaches. We went to practice that day. They could have shut everything down, which is what I thought was going to. Now happen. it's funny how we. I don't know if it's like an excuse for these for the new staff, and it's like okay, it's okay. We're going to work with them. If this would have happened under the previous regime. I'd be ready to interrupt the college, the uh, football offices yes. over at the athletic department. Well, we right. wouldn't have seen anything anyway. <laughs> right, right. So, like, there is a trade-off. Nothing would have been canceled if we wouldn't have had anything. So, nothing is effed, dude. We're good. Yeah, We're nobody's talk to upset. Today. I'm not calling anyone a psycho dick. I mean, just don't worry. It, yeah. It, every, every, everything's... It was almost a full hour on Tuesday. Yeah, it was. It was not yeah. like 40 minutes. It's yeah. much closer to it. And it also good. is a good reminder that going and watching practice every day, if you do it every day, it's going to be boring because they're just doing <laughs> drills. Yeah, there, there is like, you know. Other than seeing who's hurt, yep, who's that's not. It. Like, that's <laughs> there's, really all you There's get only so much you can come back from a practice when you don't see like live action. Like, good on good. Like good on yep. good. Mm-hmm. 11 versus 11 that you can come away and say, okay. This is what happened. But we also do get a good idea of, you know, for instance, like the offensive line going through the drills. Yeah. Rotation. It's, we have look a pretty at rotation. good idea yes. of what that starting line is mm-hmm. going to be. We have a pretty good idea of what you saw with the defensive line. There's a pretty good idea of like who the quote unquote leader or, you know, leadership unit is with this team. Do you know who the biggest pussy of us all is? Is Josh McQuestion. Because like oh. when you go, like oh. you, you go to practice, you only have to watch one guy. Like you're 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 just watching one guy. Like you Sometimes go out there. Sometimes there's two or three. <laughs> you have to go out there uh, and you get to focus on this dude and just and you know what you're doing and you're not like looking at 700 people at one time trying to decipher who looks good, who looks bad. Like we go in there. It's not blind because we know who the players are. Like you know, like. Yesterday, or was it yesterday that we were out there, I guess? Tuesday. Tuesday. I did that earlier. I was like, what day is today? God. Um, <laughs> but no, it's like it's like I asked Bob, like, hey, who do you really need some pictures of? Like, who, who you focus on stories? And so, like, I was out there trying to get Justin Harrington, and, and I didn't get much David Guaybu. I'm sorry. but Marcus I, Major? Marcus Major. I got lots of pictures of him, uh, lots of pictures of the offensive line, because those are always good to have. Um, but, I mean, overall, you know, it's it's – it, you go out there and you watch a whole bunch of things at once, and there was a lot of special teams work that we saw, which you know, really the only thing I took out of it looks like Michael Turk's starting holder. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. which Britt was kind of coy about saying who that was going to be because it might limit what they can can't do or what teams will prepare for. But I don't know. Michael Turk looks like the starting holder to me. And that's practice. <laughs> and there's <laughs> your practice report. The most important thing. No, it's... 
I'm at the point now, guys, where it's just like you can go position by position and say who we think is going to start, who we think is yep. going to be a contributor. I'm ready for action. Yeah. Like there's only so much you can do over these this next you know nine days before the opener on September 3rd where you go, hopefully nothing changes. Like any news I feel like that comes out of the program right now is going to be bad. Would be it's, bad. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a season ending injury or, yeah. you know, or obviously there's like extracurricular stuff, like who the captain's going to be or stuff like that. But everything else, it's like, yeah, I'm ready to see Dylan Gabriel out there actually in action with other people coming to try to kill him. And like, they take it such great care to not to go into the season with Gabriel's arm, not being, you know, hanging off of his body. Basically. Sure. I mean, they, they barely let him do any drills. I mean, you can tell, like, they save his arm for, you know, scrimmage work or team drills or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's to the point now where it's just like, you know, I there's a lot of I think before I say something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that wide receiver is going to be a fun unit to watch. But, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, coming out of the scrimmages and stuff. Like, Jaden Gibson, it sounds like, if I had to guess right now, he's kind of in that group where I go, He's really going to be somebody like he continues to make plays when the quote unquote lights are on. But how is that different on September 3rd than it is on August 20th at 1130 in the morning? Well, here's the thing in, in, you know, I, I finally did a board chat, which was quite an experience, Josh. I can't believe you do that every week. Um, so uh, they, well, they I, want still, you to take it over. I, I think so. there was a lot of people that enjoy it. I think it. I put like nine hours into this thing and I'm not even halfway through so far. Uh, but people ask me like who, what freshmen are going to stand out and look, here's the difference between like Jaden Gibson and, and anybody else that you'll talk about. Yes. We've seen him make some plays, but when you know, a freshman is going to stand out, he not only makes some plays and people talk about him being good. They talk about him like he is the best player at his position. Right. A la Adrian Peterson. Like when Adrian Peterson came in and played and we watched practice then, but it was clear they did not have another player of his caliber at that position. You can't say that at the wide receiver position. And, and it's not like I'm saying they have Susan, but, but nobody's saying he's better than Marvin Mims. Correct. Nobody's saying he's better than, yeah. uh, than Braden Willis. Like They have guys at his position who are poised to have breakout star all American, all Big Twelve type seasons. Yeah, and I, I think that like it's a little far all as much excitement as there is around freshmen, and like that's one of the big questions right now. Is you know you listen to Sports Talk Radio, or you know Gary, I'm sure that you talk about it. We talk about it. it's like what freshmen are going to be instant impact stars, yeah. and I think that like this, there's a fan mind that goes, you want to list a bunch of guys. I want Jaren Connect to play. Like I want to see what he's doing out there, but there is also this like this thought that isn't as sexy to talk about. It's like is that the best scenario for this team to be as good as they can if you have a bunch of freshmen playing out there? Because that means that's that, not a good that, thing. That, yeah, yeah that, right. That doesn't right. happen in Alabama. Right. Like right. Alabama doesn't have a like they don't have guys that come in and are like oh, he's better than anybody else in our position. It, I mean, it has to be like Tommy Harris coming in in, in right. two thousand, and and you're going yes, you're coming off a national championship, but this guy is already better than anybody else we have because they, they, the talent level had not built up yet on those teams. It was building, but you still had. You know, you still had walk-ons winning right. starting jobs on those teams. I want to see Gentry Williams play a lot of football eventually. I want to see R. Mason Thomas play. There's a lot of buzz about him. Grayson Halton. But at the same time, 
I want to see Isaiah Coe and yeah. DJ Graham and Joshua <laughs> Ellison and Jordan Kelly. Like for this team to get to and where Marcus I think Stripling, where this team needs yeah. to be or wants to be, you want those upperclassmen to kind of take some ownership of this thing. And, you know, I thought it was funny that we did the roundtable uh, on the board or for, for Sooner Scoop. And it just like I say 11 and two or 10 and two and everybody's immediate reaction is, well, shit well dang. that's that's disappointing <laughs> no when i don't know it's like I, I the expectations for this thing i think inside the oklahoma bubble are obviously extremely really high i just don't know if i can get to the point where i say yeah this team's gonna go win for uh you know really truly compete for a national title and I, maybe i maybe i you know we check back in a month and i'll be completely bought in i'll have drank the kool-aid by then but i think i, I think i know who it is to blame Stuart Mandel has lowered your expectations. This motherfucker. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I mean, there is a certain sense of, like, I think there's two ways to look at it. I think that, you know, obviously you look at it on its face and you go seven and five, five and four, and I can't even imagine what this town would look like. It would be burning to the stake. And then there's also, like, this, like, super big picture idea that I look at it and I take that in and I go, it's really kind of pathetic that somebody like a Stuart Mandel, who I think was pretty respected at one point, has now become a clickbait artist. Can I say that I actually respect how big a troll job that was? Because he's not only pissing off, well, he's pissing off Texas fans more than anyone because he predicted two and seven for them in the Big 12. Which they pre- pre- predicted Kansas to finish Kansas ahead, ahead of them. Of them. So right. that's, that's the first part of his genius. The second part is pissing off all the OU fans, and he didn't put them in, their top 25, in his top 25, uh, in, that was I know even Kersey was working there then he was like what are you doing like, what are you doing to me <laughs> what are you like how are you doing this um, which is sometimes how we are with national articles that come out with rivals um, and then he is basically saying this conference is so shitty that a mediocre quarterback from Nebraska is going to come in and make the difference to bring Kansas State to a Big 12 championship. I believe it would be the first one since, well, you count the 2004 one, I guess, because they won, they didn't win the conference, but they won the Big 12 championship. They technically tied for it, didn't they, in 2012? 12. Okay, with, yeah. With OU, but they won at right, OU, which right, still makes right, no right, sense. Right. Why well, no, OU <laughs> won that. OU won in 2012. Not the game, <laughs> but the call. What? I, yeah. It, it just, I thought it was pathetic. <laughs> He's just making noises. I thought it was pathetic. I think he is. No, but it was a, it was a, a he, triple, he doubled a four-level four troll, troll job with one poll. Well, with the OU Nebraska I, yes. thing, when Todd Lindenby went, went that's that's, that's like the silver that tuna of it all, where you go, so you think that they're going to lose X amount of games. That would mean that, and then you start going down Nebraska's schedule, and you go, okay, so the, what game are they going to lose? And then he comes back and says, North Dakota is a trap game. Right. When in reality, I think we all believe to a certain extent that he thought it was North they were Dakota playing State. North Dakota State. Yeah. Which, again, is just like, if you're going to put out those projections, you better have some substance. Do a little homework. Yeah. yeah. Like, it just uh, was kind of sad. Guys, I, do you real like, I don't think he thought it was North Dakota State. I think he didn't pay a damn bit of attention. Just kind of said, oh, I think this team's about seven and five. And I think this team's about X, Y, Z. Sure. And didn't do the math on like, okay, <laughs> if they're here, then it's got to be this. Like, there's no way he reasoned it out that far. I, I Todd, uh, love it. 
that that was just strong work all the way around. I, as soon as I read it, I was like, "Oh God, he's got him!" Like it, it and it was so, the response was so weak. Uh. You're like, "You got you got had." Just say, "I got caught trolling." And like God, just 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 be it and own it, and it's it'd be fine. And God love um, him. They got the response that he wanted. Yes, like we always I, fall I, into I'm this a trap. Surprised like, you're not with him. Like that feels like a like a respect kind of tip your cap from an Eddie moment. I mean, I to me. I do respect the move. I just don't respect him because I think he's a loser that hasn't Fair left enough. his basement in San Francisco since the start of COVID and probably still wears a mask in in public. You you do have to own that you're gonna do the troll thing, like the right. the girl from Barstool that that the, the, the summer stuff, Casey and Smith. I got into it with her a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like. She acknowledges it. Like, she knows what she's doing. That's fine. And that's all I told her. You fans, like, just stop. You know what she's doing to you. Stop letting her do it. Um, but with him, like, he's still faint. I mean, he's working at a legitimate media outlet and pretending that this is like a real take. There, you don't believe any of that shit. Like, well, don't, I, don't even try. Like, it stop. just, it, it goes back all the way to the spring when I know that he was contacting people around here and saying, like, what do you think this OU thing is going to be with Brent Venables? And then he decided to leave him out of his top 25, you know, during the spring to be, you know, shock and wow or whatever. And then he just followed it up with this. So it, it, it is what it is. I think it's a little bit of a bit. It's going to be funny, you know, if you look up and all of a sudden OU's 8-1 and one or 9-0 and oh or whatever, and then all of a sudden the national narrative is going to be, this dead program that everybody thought was just completely forgotten about when Lincoln Riley left is now like Brent Venables has done this incredible job, which no, he got to say Lincoln left a lot more there than people realized. <laughs> sure. Sure. No, oh, I, no, I mean, that's already built in. It just, I don't know. I, yeah, okay, I, mean, I kind of respect that. I would kind of yeah. respect that level of troll. <laughs> well, and the thing that bothers me about it is it's, I get this a lot from OU fans just kind of like on the street it's like it is kind of cascaded into this thing where now the fans are kind of wondering, like, is, how far has this team fallen? Because I get a lot of questions about, you know, are they going to be any good? Like, well, yeah, they're going to be good. They're still Oklahoma. I mean, they got, I mean, Jeff Levy does not have the cachet that Lincoln Riley does because Lincoln Riley was just built up as this genius because he came into a program that, that had a tremendous amount of talent that he had nothing to do with. Get, let me look in the NFL right now. Mark Andrews was already here. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I mean, he got C.D. Lamb, but Baker Mayfield he didn't have anything to do with. And I mean, uh, it, I mean, it's one of those things like Lebby has not been on that stage as an offensive coordinator where Lincoln had, but it was Bob Stoops that put him on that stage. It wasn't Lincoln. Just for the sake of conversation, is... What Jeff Levy has done with his resume, is it more than what Lincoln had accomplished at East, at East, East Carolina. Carolina, considering he's done it at a Power 5 level at Old yes. Miss? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I, it is interesting that people, and it, it kind of goes back to the Brent Venables thing as far as being a first-year head coach, and he gets the he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. When Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, it seems like everybody's given him the benefit <laughs> sure. of the doubt. Yeah. I don't know. It's just guys, and and you know, and maybe we're just some of that too far has in the bubble. To do with football. Yeah, like yeah. Riley came from the leech tree. We Levy comes from the Bryles tree, and like it or not, people are gonna know, you know, like it's just it's a little harder. And I I think if he was from that leech tree, he'd probably already be a head coach. Like I like we've talked about it on the pod. Like there was when Lane Kiffin were those rumors of the NFL in the summer, or excuse me, in the uh, in the spring. 
there was legitimate talk that Levy would would have been one of Ole Miss's first calls. Like sure. they, they really were open to that idea. Like they they loved him in Oxford. Let's let's face it. If if Art Bryles had actually shown some remorse and hadn't been you know staying in the news cycle as long as he did after leaving Baylor, I think all that would have died away. And but there's always going to be that stigma with Levy being sure. his son-in-law, being that he was on that staff and. I mean, it hasn't been uh, – it was a little bit of an issue, but it hasn't been a big issue since he's been here. Nobody's just been like, how dare you, like, as their question to him. Yeah. It, it, it just, I, I think as though you addressed it. Like, they didn't try to hide it or, like, sneak him in the – like, they they acknowledged it right from the start. It like, was the shortest answer by Venables probably ever so far. Because when Barry <laughs> yeah. asked, asked yeah. him about Levy on signing day. Well, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Because, sure, you know, I, I think that – Everybody around here loves Jeff. Like, I, I'm not going to claim to know him or anything like that, but just from our limited viewing of him on the practice field as well as in the in the coach's room, it's like that guy is going to 100%, no doubts about it, be a head coach in the next, you know, I, I'll i say five years just to, yep. just to throw a number out there. It could be sooner than that. I think it will be sooner than that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, from where this thing was, like, if you would have asked me on November 29th or whatever that that morning what that Sunday morning was when Lincoln left and it seemed like the world was crashing in every move that has happened since then and we kind of hit on this in the round table everything's been so good like they've been able to quote unquote fall back on Jeff Lebby like are you kidding me they've been able to fall back on Dylan Gabriel a guy that's not only done it at somewhat the highest of levels I know is you know G5 but they're going to be in the Big 12 soon. His his body of, or resume or his body of work is out of all the quarterbacks that have been out there. And we talked about this this morning. It's like to think that he was hours away from going to class at UCLA. It's like it's amazing that it's turned out like this. And now that we're nine days out and a week away from the start of the season, it's exciting to a certain extent. I think that, you know, just being a glass half full guy and just being negative all the time. There is this back of my mind. It's like, what if it doesn't work out? Like just this whole thing. But I think that there's so many reasons to think that it will. I don't know. I'm 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 just I'm excited to actually get it going. I guess is kind of the way to wrap up that diatribe. I know it's going to be the. I don't know, Bob. I'm just thinking about going up into the press box Saturday and sitting there as the game's getting ready to start and thinking. This is just, it's crazy that we're finally here after everything yes. that's happened. Yeah. And I think like everybody forever. in the stadium is going to feel kind of that same thing. Yeah. You hope there's a different energy. I mean, you heard them, you know, preach it throughout the last several months and you saw the spring game turnout. That's got to carry over. You know, there can't be a dip. And we'll, we're going to find out because it's going to be hot as, as hell on that first it's You're going to have it. might not be bad. The, the early projection right now, as of this morning, 78 degrees. What? High on September 3rd. Ooh. With rain? It's supposed to rain most of the next week. Like, I think Oklahoma State's Thursday night opener might mm-hmm. be affected by rain, but it's supposed to clear out by next weekend. Now, obviously, it's Oklahoma. That thing's going to change. Yeah. But I think I think maybe you need to take and we need to replace whenever that pylon photo was taken on the Sooner Scoop Instagram account, we need to replace it with a new one. It's a new era. Uh, we could probably do that. We could do that. 
That pylon shot is probably going to be a little special for There me. is like a certain level of craziness, I feel like, that still hasn't hit me that like Brent Venables, is, like it, it's still not real to me that Brent Venables is the head coach at Oklahoma. I still Spring like, game didn't do it for you? No, no. Not, I mean, it no, did, it but didn't. it didn't. It didn't. He's standing in the backfield still like, <laughs> acting like a coordinator. I, I don't think it will hit me until that first sideline meltdown. Yes, I actually I agree. I, I definitely about. you know. But who's the get back coach, Eddie? I don't know. <laughs> I think it might have to be Scott Colon. I, I think Scott when that question just no longer has to be guy. asked, that's when it's all real. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know. know if there's somebody big. Enough. I mean, Rufus. Ooh, that Rufus might be a good. That's a, that's a good short list guy right there. Yeah. You need to see mm. if his Twitter bio changes. Get back, coach. It could be. Uh, I mean, Curtis Lofton's a good. I mean, any of yeah. the uh, the soul guys, Caleb Kelly. I don't know. Curtis How's that might knee be a little going? Too How's rough. that knee working? Curtis might be a little too rough. Yeah, might injure Brent. See, I, I wonder with both of them. Like Brent has been quote unquote their boss like most of their adult lives. Like how how would they not like? I'm not sure they he, if he was like knock it off and they're like. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, run out there. Leave you me know, alone. Like, be on yeah, the you need Fine. someone that you know is not afraid to get fired from a high-paying mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. So no, but I, I guarantee you, my binoculars will be on Brent a lot in that in those first few series, just mm-hmm. seeing what he's like on the sideline, and I'm sure the cameras will be all over him. Sure. Yep. No, it's it's you know, and then like it, just everything that is on the field, I. I don't know where you guys want to go with this, but like I, to a certain level, I think I'm more interested in just what the defense is going to be. I don't know if that's just almost a, in my mind, because we kind of are familiar with the offensive names and in the same way we are familiar with the defensive guys. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's like, <laughs> I just think the expectation for the defense is so much more right. The first time in ages. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what have these guys been able to fix in less than a year? Right. It's almost like I, I just trust. And I don't know. Maybe it's because the, the defensive coaches is all a new set, kind of. And I think the offense is going to be really, really good. Don't get me wrong. I, I just, think if you, get, if you get like to halftime, and even though it's UTEP, and we'll get to know more about them this week in Week Zero, but if, if it's a shutout at halftime, I could see a standing ovation in the stadium for the defense oh, as they go into the, the locker room. People will be crying. Yes. I, I, can, might be I crying. can think of family members of mine that would be in tears. Like it, they would just be, it would be a waterwork. Maybe it's and like three they, and outs all over the place. Like, oh my God. Maybe it is because, like, defensively, they're going to move the sticks. Everybody knows that offensively, they should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Defensively, though, it's one of those things where, you know, th- those first couple tackles. It's like they can do this. I, I I I have one prediction that I know is rock solid, is that you are going to watch that defense, and the first thing that you you, you that you realize about watching a Brent Venables defense is going to be, holy shit, they hit they hit people like overwhelming they and knock suffocating. the shit out of people. Right. Yeah. Right. And they play reckless and right. give up their bodies and will do anything to get a tackle. Like right. it's. That's what you're going to see because that's what we see in practice. They're not going to be holding people up to try to strip the football. And I'm not like taking shots at anybody. It just, it is what it is. It's a different mentality. Right. There's no candy being given out on the sidelines. Right. 
with these I, guys. I, I There's think, oxycontin I mean, again, because they're hurt. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> I think you know, and obviously we give OU fans, you know, Actually, we give them some hard time. I'm sorry. That's, but uh, you know, like they they are a, they are a group that loves football, embraces what it is, like, and and they know football to a large degree. The I feel like they're going to fall in, like they're going to love the effort. It may not always be perfect. It's not always going to be pretty, but they're not going to get mad. Like, cause I, guys, we've, we've talked about it for years. Like when I do the idiot, there would always be somebody like watch so and so in the second quarter. He just loafs around the field. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and usually they were right. Like it would be a guy like, man, that's not where it needs to be. That's not going to be a thing. Like yeah. th- th- there is no way on earth. Brent Venables, Ted Roof, that crew is not going to allow that to be part of this culture. If they, they, somebody it, took their shoulder, shoulder pads, shoulder pads uh, off, oh. up 35 nothing, they would, oh, that will never happen under this. Staff. I might be making a change to the scholarship chart on Sunday. Yes. Like if, if that kind of thing happened, like it, that, that's a no fly. It's kind of like the, uh, the Dan Campbell speech that he gave in the hard knocks this past week when they're going up to uh, Indianapolis and he's talking about. The one thing that will piss him off is if players are on the sidelines just talking and yeah. not like in the game. Mm-hmm. And like, I do think that, you know, when you bring in a new set and particularly this group of guys that has kind of instilled the mentality within the program, they just, I don't want to say they get it because I feel like that's just such a fallback. And I think that the previous staff, they did quote unquote get it. It's just a mentality that is up and down the program. Like, those are obvious changes that you can feel when you go out to practice or when you talk to the players. And I think we're at the point now where we've talked about it for, you know, what is it now? Five months since spring ball. I just want to see it. I'm, everybody feels that way, though. Right. I, think. I mean, that's just natural. No, I mean, no it is. It is. But it, it's, it's you want to see who it is that's stepping up and making sure. the plays and yep. who's playing here and, you know, is Chris Murray's penalty stuff. I mean, that to me, like the discipline of this yeah. team, that's the biggest yeah. thing, especially on the offensive side, because it was so bad a year ago. And those are things that we can see in the first two weeks before they, what I think I feel like would be, would be the first, like circle that I want to see what happens up in the Lincoln when they get punched in the face. Not just because I think like Nebraska is going to be good. I don't. I don't know about that. We'll see what happens on Saturday when they open in Dublin. But it's just it, that's the first time that I think it's going to be a oh shit moment where you're kind of out of your bubble. You're not in Norman anymore. You're not in this this comfort of playing at home. It, the first two weeks are going to be interesting to me. Can they take care of? Just the just straight up fundamentals. And they're gonna be, you know, 28, 35, 40 point favorites against UTEP and, and Kent State. But at the same time, I think that I don't know. I the the last couple of years you look at these non con games and you go, Yeah, we're not gonna learn a whole lot. I'm kind of the other way around this year. Like I think there's so many question marks about, you know, specific units, uh position units that you can at least grasp a little bit and you go, okay, this looks clean. And, you know, it's like you said, Gary, I think for the most part, we feel like some of that has been taken care of, even though that they haven't played a game together yet. Well, you'd see it time and time again. They'd come out all fired up, but then they'd allow like a 40-yard play on the first right. series. Like, oh, man. Right. Like, and it's just like, like, oh, you're still going to win this game. 
But man, there's so much I wrong. Mean, it's it, in a in a terrible analogy, which I think I am known for. It's like when I step on the first tee box, I'm like, I want to play well today, and then I triple the first hole, and it's, it's just such a letdown. That's what it's been like over the last couple. Yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, when's the last game you can remember OU playing where you just felt like, wow, that was a not not Western Carolina. Then that didn't count, but like against a decent team where you felt like. Well, they wow, they really went out and played well from beginning. I mean, they were up thirty-seven to fourteen in the in the opener last year in, against Tulane, and then but but that's that counts. Down. It counts. No, yeah, I, it, I mean, that wasn't but a I'm, good I'm game saying for the first the half, it felt like you yeah. went into halftime like okay, like. But I mean, when the the day is done and you're sitting in that press conference and you're like, God, I don't know what the hell to ask. Like everything was perfect. Like what do you ask? Like there's nothing to pit, piss on. I mean, like it's been a really long time since I I've, I've covered one of those games. Sure. I mean, it's probably, I mean, under Lincoln? There are too many lulls. There yeah. was just, you'd have spurts of incredible play. There's always <laughs> something. Yeah, there was always something with the momentum in the game, whether it was an offense, you know, stalling or defense not being able to get off the field. Consistency to be inconsistent almost. And I'm not saying that's what we're going to see under Brent. I'm saying no, no, that's, no. that's what I'm looking for. Sure. Like, I, I am kind of interested in, you know, this, like, I don't know if it gets deep in the weeds, but, like, I know, like, the, the cheetah position, I think, is fascinating to see, like, is, and I think the, the prevailing thought is, like, Justin Harrington is going to come in when they want that fifth defensive back, and then it sounding more and more like Deshaun White's going to be the, quote-unquote, run stopper when they want to get big. I just, how does all of this work in-game? That's yeah. why, like, I... I know it'll never happen, but like a preseason for college football would be awesome because you'd be able to say, this is how this is going to look without really putting it out there that, you know, these games are meaningful and they count. I'm just telling you right now, the first time Justin Harrington gets out there, gets out there on the field, I'm going to be excited. Yeah. I mean, like Justin Harrington, Billy Bowman, they might have Key to Lawrence, take me all out, out on the, the field box. at one time. Yeah. They, they might have to haul me out of the press box for being a homer. Because that is the, like, the. I'm just going to be like, yeah. That is the big thing that you take away when you go like and sit with the safety group at practice. It's like, yes. shit, these guys are big. Like Key Lawrence is a he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Justin Harrington is a mad like they haven't had guys. They've had guys. Justin Harrington's on the team. They, they just, just haven't played. played. Yeah. Or and, played where they're supposed to. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it feels like these are guys that are where they're supposed to be for the first time. Instead yeah. of still trying to figure it out. I don't know how Billy Bowman wasn't ruined from last season. I just mentally just bouncing around and being put in one terrible spot after it another. probably says more about him personally just as yes. like a, the future and projection of what he could be yes the fact that he was able to get through that that he wasn't ruined want to tell you guys about uh our, our good friends prime shrimp.com p-r-i-m-e shrimp.com uh they are a new orleans-based company they uh, ship several different varieties and flavors of shrimp uh, directly to your door they've got uh, a lot of great flavors, uh, French Quarter Alfredo, garlic herb butter, Louisiana shrimp boil, their signature uh, uh, flavor of sauces, uh, and a new sauce uh, that, uh, I don't know, Josh has been on vacation, so he probably hadn't had a chance to try it yet, but the, uh, the uh, lemon and, and cracked pepper, uh, if you're a lemon pepper fan, unlike Josh's wife, uh, due to pregnancies, uh, is not a fan of anything lemon pepper, uh, but he I is. I want to, hey. I want to interrupt here for a second. Tiffany has 
said she is very interested to try this. She we are she is going to let Prime Shrimp be the one that gets her back on the lemon pepper buzz. So mm. we are going to try it, and hopefully we will come back with good reviews. If not, we're just going to talk about how I feel about the lemon pepper shrimp. (laughs) Yeah, and it's going to be fine. So, but, you know, but absolutely that I was shocked because I kind of made a joke about when we talked about it last time. She's like, no, no, I actually want to try it because she's had some of the other prime shrimp stuff and we really liked it. So it's, I think they have piqued her interest. And it's really simple, really easy. Uh, You just, uh, uh, they send you the shrimp in the frozen pouch. Uh, and uh, as we said, Josh's kids uh, made a science experiment. And I've heard others have done the same uh, with their, ki- their kids. You unpack it, put it in the freezer, and then when you're ready, uh, you just drop those shrimp pouches in boiling water. In under 10 minutes, you've got a full restaurant-quality meal. So no prep, no mess. PrimeShrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E, Shrimp.com. Use your promo code SoonerScoop, and you'll get $20 off your first order. That's uh, promo code SoonerScoop, 20 bucks off your first order. So go check them out. Great friends of ours, PrimeShrimp.com. And they say this isn't a family program. Exactly. Well, that's because of you. Uh, this is a family program. Turn it up. I believe we're like three we straight. we got something for everybody. I think we're three straight weeks of just long-ass beeps for you. Well, let's keep it going. I have no What do you got for us, Eddie? What, I have no what, what grinds your gears what today? What slander do you have for us today? The Clintons. They grind my gears. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank, thank you for avoiding someone litigious. Now we're we're in great shape now. No problem. Uh, so anyway, uh, look, high school uh, football has started. I know with some people on the board, there's a thing going right now because practice has been moved around. We were supposed to have it yesterday, correct? Uh, so we have it today on a. Th- we're, we're recording on a Thursday. Uh, our plans were to go down and see Jackson Arnold's first game. I did try the freelance route. Uh, I shouldn't have gone through a Fox Sports Southwest former employee because he knows too many people that make too much money. Uh, and I don't know, but I, I do think it's going to be streamed live. So that's the thing. It's like, are you really going to have trouble finding highlights of Jackson Arnold? Like, we're not, like if we have a stringer go out and do it, he's not going to interview him after the game. And if he, if he did, it wouldn't be a great interview. So we will get there. I mean, Josh will tell you, we're, we have plans to see him many times this year. But uh, because of the schedule, uh, we're going to stay behind. We'll have players today. And it's going to be like we'll talk to Brent and then we'll talk to the players. And they're going to be all over. It'll be down on the field. Correct. So it's kind of a it's kind of herding, you know, trying to herd cats a little I bit. I like it more, though. I do, too. I do, too. Because you're going to, you know, there's going to be people that won't just sit, sit around and just wait for them to come, come to you. You're going to have to be active tonight. And you could probably get a little bit more. Uh, yep. Little one on one action if you wait it out. And the plan is to go see Jackson Arnold in the very, very near future. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, look, we'd love, I mean, he's playing at Denton ISD, which for us is a really easy drive. To it's get almost to. closer to drive down to Denton than it would be to go up to Owasso. It, like, it, true. it absolutely is. It yeah. is. It, and easier, too. Yeah. Same for McAllister, well, which I'll be doing Friday. <laughs> and and guys, go like, the thing about this is that I, and, and I, I like to talk about it in this medium because it's easier to express all that's like when we're th- we're talking about all this. It's not just about Jackson. Like, oh, this is a season over for Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen and Eli. But like, we get that there's a there's several guy or guys that OU fans are totally interested in. And we are too. We want to get to see them. They're playing Rockwall Heath. There's no one there in that game that we have to see. So let's say Bob and Eddie wait a week and they go see him against Alito next week. Ooh. 
Like, they get to see Devon Keys, an offer, a linebacker offer in the 2024 class. Or they can wait to Lancaster the week yep. after that. Thursday. It's another home game night. in Denton. It's a Thursday game. See Corey and Gibson and several other Lancaster Tigers that absolutely have a chance to be OU recruits. You know, you go down the list, they play a really – they're going to play Mike – he's going to play Michael Hawkins in Denton on October 20th. On a Thursday night game, they're going to play Allen, who has Zeno Umizulu. They have Michael Hawkins, Oklahoma's 2024 quarterback offer. You could see two quarterbacks that could be the succeeding signee quarterbacks for OU in the same damn game. That doesn't happen very often. Like, there are plenty of great – and I mean great opportunities – I've got another Thursday game, the week after the Allen game, to play in McKinney, where they're going to play two OU offers that I saw last week. Like, there are a bunch of good chances he didn't guy and it forgets entirely that that's a team that's probably going to play 14 or 15 games, because they're going to go into the playoffs. We're going to see him then as well. Like, this is, it may not be Justice Hansen, because we haven't been covering Jackson Arnold since he was in eighth grade, but... There's going to be plenty of Jackson Arnold content. Like it, it's going to happen. Don't worry. The great part about that October twentieth weekend is it's a bye week for OU. You could probably stay in the DFW area and hit you know multiple yep. games that weekend. Might see if there's some Saturday game. I mean, like sure. you could really go nuts with it. Sure. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it, it's gonna ha- like people. I felt like people decided like, oh well, they're not going or Eddie's not going this week. They're never going to see Jackson Arnold. That's not the problem. Like, you've just got to weigh it out. Um, you know, we, he's not going to be a five star if you guys don't go see him. Yeah, I, guys, I'm the recruiting guy. I would send Eddie every time I can, but I get it that there's only he can only be one place at a time. And the fact that players haven't spoken in over three weeks that that just makes it the priority. If this was Jackson Arnold's last high school game, hey, we got to have a conversation. Like, I get it, no problem. This is week one. We got all the time in the world. Well, and not to mention this it's actually is actually week uh, zero, isn't it? For it yeah, exactly. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're and not right. to mention that Denton Geyer's a team that they should they it's almost expected that they're going to be playing into well into December. Yes. If if into they signing day. If they're yeah. in Jerry World Past playing a football day, game, we'll be there in the playoffs. Right. The, the the odds are Jackson Arnold will still be playing high school football when no one in the state of Oklahoma is playing high school football. Like that that's that's the that's how good that team is. That's the expectation. They're they're gonna be I mean, they're a top four or five team in the state of Texas. Like sure. they are excellent. Well, Josh, you know where we're going tonight. Where's where's Josh Josh going? Uh well guys, you know, we mentioned this being a family uh affair. I'm gonna go watch. I, I'm I'm seeing a Denton school tonight. I don't know why you guys can't hold up your end of the bargain, but I am seeing Denton Ryan going down south, down 35. They're gonna be playing the New Braunfels Unicorns. And if you think that my girls don't want shirts of the New Braunfels Unicorns, <laughs> you are sadly mistaken. So I will be supporting the New Braunfels. Uh, athletic department this evening with multiple t-shirt purchases but um yeah gonna go see caleb hicks oklahoma's running back commitment really you know and i know he's not the sexiest name for some ou fans i'm really excited i've never seen caleb hicks before i've never had a chance to watch because he didn't do really any seven on stuff he didn't do any camps like he was just kind of a guy that just kind of you know did his own thing this summer and so i haven't had a chance to watch him really anxious to get a look at him um like I said, going to just make the short drive over. Physical guy, I kind of want to see what the speed looks like. I want to see how he separates. 
And really, the thing again, as you see, you know, and you know, I, I did the big Jeff Levy. Finally, got around to finishing the under the hood, where I kind of went down and really watched that Jeff Levy Jeff Levy offense for a few games. I want to see how he fits that. I he looks perfect for it, based on what I've seen on tape and what I watched Jeff Levy do uh, at, at Ole Miss, and the, I, I went through Tennessee and Arkansas for the two games I watched. Um, note to self: picking games where Ole Miss scores roughly 80 points combined, not the <laughs> most time-efficient use, but but you got to see a lot of snaps. Um, they were, uh, the, like I said, we've talked about Marcus Major, and almost instantly when Levy was hired, I thought, man, Marcus Major is perfect for this and what they want to do because they want to get downhill. It's real straight line. It's not going to be the slow-moving stuff that we saw so often with Lincoln Riley, you know, all the counter and that stuff. Like you, It's not like that. You're going to make... You're going to have a couple of options, and you're going to go. And it's it's just they want you to be fast in all things you're doing. And I want to see what Caleb Hicks looks like when he has those options. Like, is he going to bounce outside too much? Is he going to be a straight-line guy? What does he want to do? And I, I, like I said, I don't know as much about him as I usually do when I go see a player. So it's, I, I again, I'm very interested to kind of just size him up and get just a feel for his overall game. We'll finish this part up. I'm going make- – to McAllister Friday night, see Eric McCarty for the first time. I don't know what I'll really see because I don't think broke that broken bow is going to challenge them all that much. But it'll be good to finally see him in in action. And I'm sure you got a another spot that you plan to be Friday. Yep, Friday night going to go see uh, Rudder at Willis. Uh, for those that don't instantly put that together, that's DJ Lagway going to go get my. First chance to see him in a game. Obviously, seen him in camp, seen him in um, in practice settings up at Willis. But this is my first chance to watch him in a game uh, playing playing a um, a rudder team that, I, if I recall, last year I want to say they went a couple rounds deep in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's a decent test for him. Um, they they've got some playmakers around him. When I saw him, the last time I saw him was at Texas State seven on seven, and I think. That that wasn't his strong. That's not the best I've seen him look. So I'm very interested to see what that all means because I think he's the way he runs and his athleticism. I don't think there's any question that in a setting where he has to be tackled, it's his best moment. I mean, because he is just a massive, good athlete that runs just so well. But I I think the ability is there for him to be an excellent passer. He's just got to get to that place. So. I wanted to get my first look at him in a game and just kind of see, you know, how he could fit into OU's plans. Because, I mean, he's clearly, along with Michael Hawkins, I think the two really most probable options. Michael Van Buren is a guy that I, I sure like a lot, but you hear a lot of Alabama with him for the 2024 quarterback uh, situation. So um, just anxious, like I said, to get a look at him. We all saw him this summer. He is a guy that looks like a million bucks. You just kind of want to see what he does when the light, lights go on. And then we know. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and oh, get, no, you're doing get it. to it. What about Saturday? We know what you thought, and just kind of go into all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the worst part about this is is there are two good games in the Dallas area that I could have gone to instead. Uh, could have seen uh, Peyton Pierce uh, if he's he's healthy. He missed the scrimmage that I went to, but. Uh, I, I know he was hoping to be back and ready for this uh, this season opener, um, but I had planned to go to see Converse Judson uh, take on San Antonio Johnson, 
and I don't think I'm going to need to be at that game is the simplest way I can put that. Uh, we're expecting, um, you know, as depending on when you're listening to this, uh, Anthony Evans, the big-time speed receiver from Converse Judson, is expected to announce his commitment on Friday, August 26th. I had I had really had him pegged to Oklahoma for quite a while. I, I this one, um, you know, and I know people will. Oh, it, it's it's the Kale Gundy thing. I, I don't know that that's true. Like I said, I, I he was always very open with how much he liked Ladamian Washington. I there there have been Georgia insiders. We we talked about several of them. You know, before we came on here, guys like Chad Simmons and some others that had been hinting that Georgia felt pretty good about this situation for a little while now well so, before kale well before yeah yeah well, well well before that so i i think people i think it's kind of a false correlation that, that people are trying to make um and or a false connection i guess not a correlation but you know there's there's no reason to think that that's what it is i think it's just a matter of georgia sold him on you know obviously all their on-field success they're, you know, some of the vertical stuff they do in the passing game. I, you know, I, I know a lot of OU fans are like, but, but why? You know, and I, I, I don't always have to agree with something being the most sensible decision for that to be the right decision. Anthony's a great kid. He comes from a good family. I, I know they thought it out. I know they have their reasons. Um, and I, again, I expect him to pick George on Friday. Is it, I don't want to say insensitive because obviously, I mean, I don't think anybody, around here wanted to see Kale go, you know, yada, yada, yada. We've, we've been down that road. Mm-hmm. But if this is like the quote-unquote biggest fallout from the Kale Gundy situation, it's not that bad of – I don't want to say that bad of a loss because obviously they want Anthony Evans. But sure. not getting a guy that that hadn't been committed, is it different than somebody that like – like say if they would have lost Petaway or something like that, mm-hmm. it seems like I don't know. I, I'm trying to soften the blow, I guess, a little bit. But I'm and I'm not necessarily saying that this isn't a big deal. But at the same time, if that's the biggest thing to come from all of that, it you can live with that, right? Yeah, and I think part of it is because he and Evans have a uh, excuse me, Petaway and Evans have a lot in common as players. Like that they are speed guys, kind of slot types. Um Petaway softens that blow in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um what I'm interested to see is what does OU do? Do they kind of double you know they've kind of been in, kind of out with Caden Lee for a while, uh the the wide receiver out of Georgia. And I know people say, well, going after a guy from Georgia, my impression is Georgia's not going to have a spot for him. Um so I think the, now there's a lot of talk with all about Ole Miss with him, but Ole Miss feels like one of those schools that like they just kind of come and go from players' recruitments. Like it's hard to ever be sure because Lane, you know, has got the whole Portal King thing. Like they really want to live in the portal a lot, and I I don't know if like if OU really went in and really pushed hard on Caden Lee, is Ole Miss going to put up a huge fight? I I don't know. May, maybe like I'm not. I'm just purely speculating there. But there is that feeling of like, well, okay, we're gonna we're we're gonna move to something else. Like it feels like Lane Kiffin, unless it's a Zach Evans guy in the portal, he's just like, eh, we'll figure it out. You know, like there, there's just kind of a passive demeanor to all of it. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, I do expect them to go find another receiver that because just the way they're operating, you're just not seeing 
OU trying to pinch numbers. Like they're trying to Correct. bring in all the quality bodies they can find. And, you know, you're not seeing like, oh, you's kind of dropping off with this guy or that guy. Nah, man, they're, they're, they're trying to bring in bodies. Uh, you know, D tackle, I swear every day there's a new, well, okay, that guy might be possible. Like it just, it feels like that never changes. And so I don't see them saying, oh, we're just good with two receivers in this class because, you know, we've already, you know, I don't know if we were even going to get into this, but we, you know, there's two scholarship players as of 48 hours ago who are now not, not part of the equation, the 85, right. you know, with Brendan Walker stepping away. Um, and then, uh, the, the news last night that Joseph Wete seems to no longer be part of the, the plan. I mean, at least he's not on the roster. I haven't, there's obviously been no official statement that I've seen. Hmm. CJ um, Colden took his number. So. Yeah, it's not like a misprint. Like, oh, he's just yeah, you know, he's missing. Yeah, somebody somebody didn't forget to put him in there in the latest roster update. Like, because that's happened before. That has happened before plenty of times. Is it unfair to say that that is just simply? I mean, for lack of better terms, is that just getting processed? It's unsurprising at the least, right? I I I never understood the move to linebacker. I didn't think that made any like he he doesn't move like that. Like there are guys that. Okay, like they they could probably do that. A perfect example might be the guy that they chose not to recruit instead of Joseph Wete is Trace Ford. Yep. Um, you know that, that that'll be I, a I, what if I'll for never a long not twist time. That knife. Wow. I'm sorry, I'll yeah, never no, not twist got, that knife. You know, so. Wete that led to Caleb Williams, so you missed out on Trace Ford and Colin Oliver, maybe because mm-hmm. Santa Fe mm-hmm. connections. That is a big what if to look look yep. look back on. Yep. I mean and. If Caleb Williams sticks around and is half the player you you think he could be, then you win that. I don't care how you want to spend Trace Ford and Colin Oliver, and anybody that listens to this knows I think the world of both those guys. Yeah, but I keep thinking now like, you got nothing. It's 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 going to be one of those things that never ends, and it's one of the like we know what happened. It's it's it was the brother, all that stuff. But every time Talon Shetron catches a ball this year, it's going to be. Uh, he was once committed to OU, and they missed out on him. Uh, but I'm really curious to see how he looks this year. I, I, I've heard that uh, Tabor is going to get a little bit of a run because I think Blaine Green's going to be out for the season up there. At, in there, there is a legitimate part of me that thinks this staff might have taken Tabory. Um, just because I think they would have not only lo- like – Big, long, athletic guys, you can usually find a way to use somebody like that. Tabry, Tabry was a better player than anybody ever wanted to give him credit for because it was easy to dismiss him. Oh, he's just, you know, he, he's just his brother. That's the only reason. Tabry's a good player. I, I think um, I, we've talked about this before, and I think we've even talked about it on the pod, but Tabry Chetron was one of those guys that he got better every time that I saw him or yeah. more impressive every time that I saw him. And he could easily be one of those guys that you know, Oklahoma State's done a really good job of getting that particular guy in state where you go every time I saw him, he was better. Like trace Ford is a perfect example of somebody like that, that every time you saw him, he got better and better and better. Then all of a sudden you look up and it's like, Oh shit, he's one of the best players in the league. Guys. I can remember when I, I, when I was doing the state rankings that year for trace Ford, I remember making them and I put him, I think I put him number two or three in the state. And I think at that time he had a Memphis offer and this isn't like, Toot my own horn. This is just like I loved his tape. I really liked it a lot. And when I remember watching it, and I literally a, a head coach of a major program hit me up, um, a high school program in Oklahoma, and was like, "What are you doing ranking this guy this high?" We we kicked him up and down the field, 
He was a 210-pound kid playing defensive tackle. Yeah, you kicked him up. Like, of course you did. He was playing wildly out of position, but it was the only thing they could do. They had to put him there because he was the best guy they had. But, you know, like guys with that kind of twitch and move around like that, that those those guys don't just come anywhere and, and traces. Um, but the other point with the Shetron stuff was I all think that family, like OU's, this car, they, there would have been more value. Yeah on the Shetrons and who they are point. and what yep. they're about. And I think that would have resonated in a different way. And, um, you know, and again, that's that's no shot at the previous staff. I know why they did what they did. I get it. it you know, it made sense for them. I just wonder if, if you know, the thing, thing with Lincoln and USC happens a year earlier, I wonder if the Shetrons aren't wearing red and white. Sure. All right, Josh, we'll steer it back to 2023. Did you ever think there'd be a time yeah. where yeah. Anthony Evans – is not a Sooner, but Makari Vickers is actually the one that could be. We nailed that in the spring, didn't we? I mean, we, we like we're like feel good about Anthony Evans. People stop with the Makari Vickers stop. talk. Just like, a token visit. Just just stop. It's gonna yeah. be okay. Uh, yep, yep. And you know, I, I want to give it up to guys like Atlanta Sooner and a few others that were like when I would make the commitment predictions. They're like, where are all the Southeast guys? Where are the Florida guys? And I'm like, they're not gonna get them in year one, guys. Shit, man. I, you know, like, I, it just is what it is. Like, they have exceeded almost every expectation. Obviously, specifically on defense, but the way they, I mean, Macari Vickers. I, I, again, uh, this week I talked to an Alabama source, and you know, Alabama was still trying to like. It, it, I, they're of the impression that. If oh you you know like they they would have been in it if oh you didn't want him at corner and and okay. you know maybe that's the case but it tells you that they are interested like this isn't like Alabama won't take him like I don't believe that's the case I don't know that it matters I I, I think Jay Valai did a really really good job with Macari Vickers and his family and just selling them on everything and again it's that's the difference I see with this staff. It's not just him. Brandon Hall has a bunch of connections in the, in Florida. Todd Bates obviously coached, you know, like, I mean, th- there are a lot of, there's a lot of knowledge about that area of the country, you know, uh, you know, um, even J.R. Sandlin. I mean, guys, guys that have worked in that area of the country. And I, I know every time I talk to this, people are like, Oh, Jacksonville State. It's not Florida. Like, I, I feel like you've got to always specify that, but. Um, there are guys that have recruited that area for a long time and they know it well and they know what those, you know, they know what those, what matters to those families. Like what, what are, what are things that are going to resonate and what do we need to make you feel good about here at Oklahoma? And, and I think they've hit a lot of those notes. And I mean, uh, barring again, much as I feel confident in Anthony Evans to Georgia, I feel similarly in McCarty Vickers to Oklahoma. And if you would have told me I'm saying that, Two months ago, I, I never would have believed you. Just never. It, it's it's unbelievable the run they've made. Uh, you know, to to flip that on its head to get a kid out of Tallahassee. I mean, you you name the reasons they shouldn't be able to get him, and you know, here we all sit where they're going to land one of the better defensive backs in the country. And you know, and guys, I, I think it's a big vindication for Jay Valai because you know that was one of the things. When he came in, I was talking to people at Texas and Alabama, and there was like, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously he's got the NFL background, and, you know, he was a good college player and all these things. But there was, like, the, the doubt I heard, it was, it was very much, A, he's a technician. He's a great coach. 
there was no question about that part of the conversation. It was Kenny recruited an elite level. And, and that was what I kept hearing. And for this to be one of your first wins, man, I, okay. Like that, that's a, that's a really solid start and a foundation to continue to build and, you know, to feel like, hey, Oklahoma can go anywhere in the country and go get defensive backs. It's kind of funny to think about just the, I don't know if it's irony or it, just the difference in they're going to go one and one this weekend, it sounds like for the most part in getting guys. And it's going to be the defensive guy. And you kind of go, oh, if only they could have gone two and oh, but I, you know, don't have to remember too far back when this same exact situation would be presented and maybe they go zero and two and they don't get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I, I don't I, know if it, it says anything. I don't know if there's like a huge takeaway from that, but at the very least you go, okay, that's headed in the right direction. You can live with that. You keep going one and one. You're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Josh, you know, we just spent, I, like I said, Oh, go ahead. We just spent like, 15 minutes ago saying they're we're not afraid of the num of the numbers crunch but if you add caleb spencer and eric mccarty and josiah wagner and jacoby johnson and a mccarty vickers and we don't know exactly where all those pieces fit ryan yates peyton bowen do do you have to start crunching eventually or do you still just go as all in as you possibly can for those two pieces I think you're all – I mean, th- to me, they're, they're, I can't envision the world where Peyton Bowen doesn't have a spot. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that looks like, and that would be a you've done something wrong to get here. If, uh, and that's nothing against anybody in the class. Peyton Bowen is a take for almost any program in the country, like, and I don't care about the situation. He could commit on signing day to probably Alabama. I mean, he, he, he is that revered amongst most. Um Yates, I, I think, I, I mean, Oklahoma just seems to really like him. They love the potential. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before. Um, his junior year, you know, kind of coming back from an injury, didn't ever look quite right. Um, but, you know, you go back and watch his sophomore stuff, and you're like, well, that's, that's, a, that's a fringy, you know, mid-high four-star guy. I mean, like, you really liked what he brought to the table. So, I, and I've heard, I, again, I haven't seen him, and we're not going to see him tonight. We all know, but we're, we're going to get out there and see Ryan Yates. I, I keep hearing that he's starting to revert back to the guy that everybody saw as a sophomore and loved on tape. Because a junior, he just didn't look confident. He didn't look comfortable. It, it didn't look like the guy you knew had been there. So, I, I, and I think that's what they're buying into. And obviously, if you, I mean, kind of like what we were talking about with Tabry just a second ago. If you can take a really good player and it helps you with your chance to land two more really good players, I, I don't know how you don't take that chance. I mean, because there, there's especially. I mean, and I, I that's what I like the most because when we t- when Brent took the job and you know you guys obviously had that first press conference and he talked a lot about you know what their policies were going to be and how it was going to all work. That was my biggest concern was, is he going to be the guy that fights against the portal or, you know, works like you have to accept that no matter how great the soul program is, how great, there's going to be a few guys that are just, they're not where they want to be and they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to do something else. You're going to have some scholarships open. Now you can use those in the portal or you can have those ready for guys like Ryan Yates that you really like, that you're willing to fight for and that can help you like that. That feels like their method. I, I, to me, the portal feels like a 
break glass an emergency situation for them. I don't think that's where they want to live. So if you're going to take a few extra guys and then you see a guy like Joseph Wete leave or whatever and the door opens, then I, again, I, I just, there's, I hate to steal the Texas thing, but there's no, there's no breaks. Like I don't see anything where you're like, yep, that looks like they're just cooling off on him. By the way, uh, real quick, deadsoxy.com. Go check them out. Uh, D E A D S O X Y. Uh, they've got their team colorways, and you need them because the season's coming up. Uh, get your Crimson 4-pack. They're, they're on sale right now. Uh, two different uh, packs for you to choose from. they got their OK Retro Casual socks, uh, but uh, also the uh, no-shows. I mean, uh, staple of uh, everybody's uh, sock game here at Sooner Scoop. So uh, go check them out, deadsoxy.com. Uh, they'll even give you 25% off if you use that promo code SCOOP. Uh, deadsoxy.com, as I said, uh, if, if you don't, if you're not interested in the team colorway stuff, all kinds of stuff for the boardroom, the boardroom collection, these socks stay up too. I mean, they will not fall down on you. You're not going to have a bunch of droopy, uh, sock hanging around your ankles when you're out and about and in, from the morning to, to the time you come home, uh, they will stay up thanks to their patented silicone beads. Uh, so go check them out. Great supporters of the podcast always have been deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. Use that promo code uh, SCOOP and you'll get 25% off your order. And as always, stay soxy. All right, back to the recruiting. Bob, take charge. Dang, I, dang it, Josh! Is there anything left? <laughs> I, I have a just a just like a, a very generic question about the Sooner State uh, rankings coming out that you released uh, on Wednesday. I think everybody kind of knows or has a good idea about you know the By Jobs of the world, the Cole Adams of the world. It, it, the list goes on and on of like the top players in the state. But is there anybody like there were a couple guys that kind of caught my attention? Is there anybody that you go into the start of their senior season? And you have on like a short list of, ooh, he might be a guy that OU sneaks in on late. You know, whether that be the, like like the Taj, the hot, is it Taj McCoy at Putnam City? I've heard a lot of really yes. good things about mm-hmm. him. He is, if, if that kid had buys build, he'd have 90 offers. I mean, yeah. he, he is outstanding. I, I went and watched him. Uh, when I, I seen him on tape, knew I loved him. Very kind of similar to Trace Ford. Like I didn't go in knowing much about him, and then as soon as I put on the tape, it was just holy crap! That that guy's really really good. And I, I think people need to get their head around. Like Putnam City's got a few young yeah. guys that are going to be. Die. When I saw the saw Taj at team camp, and they got a Carl Albert. Um, it, it, Carl Albert and John Marshall just couldn't do anything with him. Like you know, Carl Albert's good enough. They kind of found some ways to work around him and get around him. But John Marshall, like, and, and new coaching staff, Coach Barris, he's going to do a good job there. They're still just getting their feet under them and having to deal with a defensive lineman like that. That's just a that's a lot to ask for a young offense. It was still kind of putting it all together. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I love him. I, I'll always love Jaden Foreman. I mean, he's no yeah. issue commitment. I don't think OU's going to really get in play there. Um Morgan Pearson, I, a big athletic guy that runs. Like at some point, you kind of wonder. But if you wanted to go, I'm going to go two guys under the radar, and they're right behind each other in the rankings, 13 and 14. And Eddie, you saw one with me this spring, Markel Johnson, the big yep. guy from Edmond mm-hmm. Memorial. Yep. Um, big, long, athletic guy. Kind of has some Morgan Pearson, not nearly as refined, hasn't worked with a guy like Sean Cooper for the last three or four years. 
very just he's a really good athlete still figuring it all out and i don't know exactly where he'd play but if you talk to me about him playing that cheetah position i could get there with you that that makes some sense to me um the other and a, a very similar role he would fit uh, is Dietrich Moore from I Broken knew Arrow. You love him. <laughs> I, I love Dietrich Moore. And he, I, but like, he fits that Brent, Vent, uh, Brent yep. Venables mold of the guy. It seems like, and he's coming off injury, right? Yep, yep. He, he, he tore his knee but up early last year. he's a football player. Oh, like, and I, I mean, I don't think um, Broken Arrow has ever retweeted anything I've said other than my compliments to Dietrich Moore. Like they're like, yes, that they love that kid. Like they, the, that whole staff will just go to war for Dietrich Moore. They, they love him. And, and rightfully so he was again, a guy um, I saw, I guess that would have been, wow. Two, two years ago, I was watching Andrew Rame. Uh, it was Rame senior year, his season opener. They were playing in Dallas and I went down there and he's the kid. And I'm trying to remember what he did. He, it was a fumble that he created on a kickoff, and he picked it up and ran it in, and then later he, he caused a fumble on a – I mean, he, he was just everywhere. Like, it, it was unbelievable how he just dominated that game for Broken Arrow. And I was talking to somebody, and I was like, who is that kid? And it's like, oh, it's Dietrich Moore, man. He's just a freak, blah, blah, blah. And he was 5'10". I mean, and he's not much bigger than that now. I think we've got to list him at six foot 200. If he's anything, he's probably a little smaller than that. Like, I, I'm not – trying to paint a picture that's not realistic he is a little undersized but you will i promise you if you go and watch that kid this year you won't see a better linebacker in the state of oklahoma like he is everywhere he is so good i'm so glad he he got cleared to play he's ready to go he's going to play for the tigers they they will be better just having him out there if he's even 85 percent of the guy he was a couple of years ago like he is He's just outstanding, and like I said, I, I can't go on enough about him. I am a huge, huge fan of his game. You know, it is kind of amazing to look at the Sooner State rankings now, and like you said, I, those guys are uncommitted, and they're going to be committed at some point, but almost every guy, I mean, in the top 15 right now, is committed to not just schools, a school, yeah, but they're good programs. Mm-hmm. Like, there is... It's just almost a night and day different, and we've talked about this before, just as far as like that gap of talent, it seems like Oklahoma is more quickly, and maybe it's just being realized a little bit better nationally, but it seems like there is just a ton of talent right now in the state of Oklahoma. Guys, number 23 is a quarterback committed to a, a Big Ten program. Like, yeah. that, that's, that doesn't happen, and, and I... And again, I, I love Cal Swanson a lot. I've always been surprised he didn't get more attention. But 25 is Caden Jones, who's got multiple offers. Ricky Hunt at 26 at Millwood, mm-hmm. outstanding player. Um, 28th to Sean James, uh, a, a defensive back committed to Iowa State. How often has Iowa State been wrong in the state of Oklahoma? Like that gives me legitimate sure. heartburn betting against Iowa State. Like I'm like, I need to put him in the top 15 because he's probably going to be a two-time all Big 12 guy because that's just what they do. Um, you got Emmanuel Crawford, a guy, the kid with the incredible story, uh, out of Grove, um, that he's got several offers and he's 31 in the state. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's not, it's not the top heavy year that we've had a couple of times like i don't get me wrong there's good luke has cole adams jacoby you know a lot of good players there's not those guys like what may be in 2024 with a koye 
Xadavian Sims, um, and then, you know, depending on what David Stone does as far as IMG or returning home or whatever he's going to do, there's a little more star power there, but the depth from like 15 to 30 is really good this year in Oklahoma, and you're going to have multiple guys in that range signing Power 5 scholarships. It's exciting. I mean, just from a standpoint of being able to go get some of these guys on Friday nights, it's exciting. Who knows if he's going to get involved in some of the, you know, their recruitments towards the end, but we'll see. Yeah. And and I, I mean, you look at one of the guys that I think of is the Dale Miller kid, the the transfer in at uh, Deer Creek. Um, We're going to go see him. And he's frankly, I mean, like I'm interested to see him, but I like the kid a lot. He's an afterthought. I want to go watch Grady Adamson. I, I think that kid, I mean, there is some, that 2025 class and quarterback in the state of Oklahoma, I, you're talking about something you may not see again in 20 years. I mean, Shaker Rising, Grady Adams, and David McComb, those are guys that will almost certainly sign Power 5 scholarships Yeah, at quarterback in the state of Oklahoma. That does not happen. And in the case of Adamson and Rising, I mean, you might be talking really up the food chain type schools. Like, I, it wouldn't shock me at all. I know... I was sitting there the day um, North Carolina, you know, who Dale Miller is actually committed to. He was there the day I, I was watching Adamson in spring practice, and I know they were super impressed with him. Um, you know, uh, North Texas, uh, who is led by you know a guy that that um, I think I believe Eddie knows Quinn Shamble, yeah. a guy you know yeah. from the uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City yep. area. So, um, you know, they, they offered him not long. I mean, there's been. Plenty of uh, of you know positive feedback about him, and then obviously everybody's known David McComb since before he even moved to the state of Oklahoma. So there's there's just a lot of really interesting stuff. And I I think to me Oklahoma high school football is as talented and healthy as it's been in quite a while. Oh, it just seems like, and this is you know strictly from what we saw at the camp over the summer, but just the way that Jeff Levy and Grady Adamson interacted, there is already a very strong. I, not a very strong relationship, but a very strong interest. Well, then he came back for as, the part, not mm-hmm. the party at the palace, but for that Wednesday yep. right, night event right, right. for underclassmen. Like, I, so, yeah. I, I think Grady Adamson, just from the very outside looking in, it feels like if you're an OU fan, that's a name to keep in mind for, for quite a while. And then we're going to see. I mean, he's only getting going into his sophomore year. And so. Couple weeks they play Mustang yeah. against against Jacoby. Jacoby, that's going to be nice to see on both ends, no doubt. And I mean, Deer Creek's a team that I mean, shit went they, to the state they, state finals last year. And with year. Bixby being gone, they they, yeah. they could win it. Yeah, that's going to. Do you have? Uh, no, I mean, do you have like a hot take or anything uh, for the uh, Battle <laughs> of the Burbs tonight? Oh man, I I don't. I don't have a great feel on the the team, and I again I got to I didn't I didn't get to watch Bixby this spring, but I watched almost everybody else in Tulsa, and man, I feel like everybody else is playing for second place behind Union. Union feels scary good, like they they what they've got the uh, the running back, the McKinney kid that came over from Booker T. That I mean, I, I had. Following the union preview, and I know this has nothing to do with the, the, the direct question you asked me, but I had two different coaches from other high schools that were there hit me up and are like, where do you have this guy in your ranking? I literally went back and changed it because I was like, I got to move him in. Like he, he was at like 
I think 33 because I had seen him before and I liked him. I saw him at the at the um, Owasso team camp in the spring, but people are talking about him like he's going to go for 2,500 yards at Union. Like they, they are in love with what he's doing. And Jeremy Smith, a lo- you know, former Oklahoma State running back, he's a running backs coach there at Union. He knows what he's looking at and he swears by this kid. Yeah. So I think Union's going to be outstanding. But as far as this one, I. I Part of me just wants to bet on Bixby because of the consistency. Owasso last year, it felt like there was this movement, like they were going to become the team. And then it just kind of, it wasn't bad. By It tells you how far Bill's taken that program sure. that last year was disappointing for Owasso. But it just wasn't where I thought it was headed. I thought, okay, they're about to wrap off like three of the next five state titles. They're, they're going to win some games here. This is about to happen. And... It just didn't. But what I do love is just I, Tulsa at 6A right now is warfare. Like, yeah. I mean, it is <laughs> – there's Jinx, Union, Broken Arrow, Owasso, Big – I mean, any one of those schools on the right night can beat each other. Like, it, it's just crazy. And I, I can't I can't wait to watch it play out. Like that, that may be a deal where I come up twice in the, in the playoffs just to go watch – you know, two different matchups and see some because, uh, like I said, these are really talented teams. They're so good up front. That that's probably why I love it so much. There is such good O line and D line coaching in those games. It's it's unbelievable. Like the, those guys, they're not always the biggest and strongest O linemen I see, but man, technically they do the things they are supposed to do. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's not like we're kissing everybody's ass up there, but just from like somebody that grew up on the west side of the state, and this isn't hit to anybody on the west side of the state and how they run their programs, but those things are just machines, the way that they're run. I have so much respect, even when uh, you know Coach Trimble was still alive. Like I grew up hating him, and then I went to a couple practices at Jinx, and it's like, okay, All yeah, right. this is how it's done. I get it. <laughs> this is how it's done, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Oh, they like it. I mean, and that's and that's one of those things that you and you you bring up Trimble like. People always wanted to dislike Trimble, and then they met him, and you're like, God, you can't dislike that guy. He's just right. a good human being. Um, what I Guys, I, I did want to look. We were talking about Grady Adams, and it got me interested. Mm-hmm. The If Oklahoma, you know, because I agree, if there was a one of the three I was going to bet on that Jeff Levy might, you know, throw his hat in the ring at some point and offer, and again, that's, I'm not saying that's coming or anything like that. It's just I think it's possible down the road. Since... Since the rivals database goes back, Oklahoma's only offered four in-state quarterbacks: Sam Bradford, Kendall Thompson, Justice Hanson, and Casey Thompson. And twenty and Casey, I think we can all argue about what exactly that was. Like, I, I, I th- there is there's a lot of back and forth about that conversation and what exactly that all entailed. Um, and you say the, that because the guy the, that I would the rivals database, I believe, two thousand three. Is when it goes back to uh, two thousand two is the first okay. is the first ride. So like class. That, yep. for people mm-hmm. out there screaming Jason White like that was ninety nine. Yeah, it it's just not going to include Jason. Yeah, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. absolutely true. Um, so you know uh, there and there and, was a rivals you know, in ninety nine. Not going to be in yeah, there either. So it's not the same one. Yeah, yeah, it's not part of the network. It's not tied into what we've done. Um, so I mean, you could. Be, I mean, Grady Adamson could be the first. I I guess maybe the easiest most accessible way to say it is the first committable offer at quarterback in over a decade if it were to happen in the state of Oklahoma that 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 tells you kind of what I, I think is possible for that guy I 
I just couldn't be more impressed with him. He's tremendously talented. And Shaker Rising is similar. I mean, I, I like Shaker a whole lot. And, again, that union offense is just going to be a lot to deal with. Still going to take some time to get used to when you say union. Even in the back I, of my brain, I was like, what? What? In my head, I have to, like, I see him in a Jinx helmet. Like, I can't get it out of there. And literally, the day I saw him at Jinx was his last day as a Jinx Trojan. Well, we're down to one more pod before kickoff. Uh, media coming up tonight, so we'll, we'll have some stories coming out of that for you guys to look at, uh, look for over the weekend. Um, but, guys, I, I think just for me, there's a lot of just small questions to button up. I mean, yep. do we find out captains tonight? Um I wouldn't you know. think so. Like, depth chart, captains, I think that'll be next week. That's somebody asked me about that. Like, when do you think there'll be a depth chart? I Like, it'll be successful for me if Brent just doesn't play the depth chart games. Like, there, look, I understand if it's a first game and you don't want to release a depth chart like that that media luncheon day. Like, that's usually when you release it. Yep. Like, because the game notes come out. Uh, that's still a thing that happens, yes. Uh, and then it has the depth chart in it. Like, Lincoln would never put the depth chart in there. And then, and then you'd have to basically wait till game day to see a depth chart, and it was a bunch of oars or whatever. Um, hopefully, there are no depth chart games with Brent. Like, that's my hope. I mean, can we just get a coach that's just not completely paranoid that's about it. everything? I want to learn about injuries and think, depth chart and the way he'll present it to I us. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. I've, like, I, over, I've been, under I've oars, been, I think that there's not going to be too many oars. I've been hurt before, Eddie. Well, yeah, we are broken I want to believe. We are broken I want to believe it's just going to be normal. There's no question. Sure. There's no question. He's ready to get hurt again. (laughs) I am ready to get hurt again, Brent. Uh, (laughs) No, but, I mean, you know, in something somebody else asked me that I think is going to – we're not going to know until the first game, but, like, how aggressive are they going to be on special teams? Because – uh, people got sick of the Lincoln Riley just don't screw up. Yeah, you know, just fair catch everything. Kick like, off and punt. Yeah, that, yeah. That's like number three for me behind physicality and toughness of this camp is just the daily focus on special teams. Like, and we've seen it when we've been out at practice. Like, well, that's Brandon Hall's forte, and I mean, you see him Jay out Nunez, there. I mean, that's yeah. like his deal. Yeah, and you know, Brent. I mean, he was always a special teams coach when he was sure. coming up. So, well, I think he understands that. Like, it. I don't know if you could necessarily. I mean, I guess maybe you look at like the the drop pump by Eric Gray last year in the Bedlam game. Like, did that shift momentum? But even in the reverse side of that, like the Brandon Presley kickoff return, that completely changed the narrative of that game in yeah. the Bedlam. Uh, so, I mean, it special teams. It's usually one of those deals. It doesn't get you beat until it does get you beat. And I just I know for a fact that this staff has really taken to heart a focus on it and it truly being important not just going through the the motions out there well and it could be really cool during the season because we're going to have offensive defensive coordinators on monday then we'll have players that evening then on tuesday we'll have brent then we'll have players on that evening uh and with everything we've been through with covid and zoom calls like i i've kind of forgotten what that's like i mean that's kind of a that's a nice I think for the fans to get information, like, and to have a lot of stories written and stuff for you to read and consume, it's. I think it's going to be a good year, the best we've seen in a long time. Finally, get a chance to know these guys again. Yeah, after two straight years of uh, talk to them on a computer screen. 
No so doubt about it. That's you over. You didn't feel a lot of warmth coming through your, uh, well, your PC there? You know, wow. there's no follow-ups. There's no banter. You know, sometimes you just you veer in a different mm-hmm. direction. You have some fun. You couldn't do that. It just had to be all business. There's like, just questions. We only have seven minutes with this guy. We've got to get it done. There's, there's questions that just can't be asked on a Zoom that you could ask in person. Yeah. Like, it just it is what it is. Even though, as I reported, COVID's been over for two years. So, uh, <laughs> tell that to Novak Djokovic so he can play. Well, don't get, uh, don't, don't, don't get, get me started. Yeah. No. I'm right uh-uh. there with you. That's I shouldn't have ridiculous. said it. It's ridiculous. It's New York. Um, so, yeah. I mean, a lot of questions to be answered. You know, physicality, as you said, of the offensive line in particular, I think is something that everybody wants to know about. Um, but it's we're just, just a like, week away. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I think that we all four feel like you know Marcus Major has had a great preseason but there's only so much you can say about like I've heard this or I've heard that until you get to next Saturday and he breaks off a 15-yard run or something yeah at this point it's just hey will you tell me a bunch of bullshit so I feel like better about this team just make stuff up I can yeah I mean we could all do it but I'm not I'm just gonna tell you but then wait till the game myself yeah wait till the game start like I want to sit here and say that Clayton Smith's gonna be like you know an All-American by the end of the season, but... I can't see him being past third string. I watched him in practice, and, like, yeah, I mean, like... He looks beautiful. He looks wrong with that. But but it's not like he's the leader in every drill, and, you know, he's, like, fifth and sixth in line, and it's like, he doesn't act like a guy that is fighting for a starting job. Yep. Or even a lot of playing time, so... Things are coming together, but with Jonah Laulu, Stripling, Grimes, Downs. That's, yeah. Did we talk about it here? That's the number one. Jonah Laulu is the guy that I feel like we just haven't, nobody said and anything. And Jeffrey Johnson to some extent as well. We, I think we, it's kind of a known of what you're getting with Jeffrey Johnson. He's going to be You've in the starting play, lineup. Yeah. He's going to be a guy that he's going to be a big part of the defense. But like, I, I, one of the big takeaways I've come out of this last month is, is, I've been surprised that we haven't talked about, and maybe this is because we I haven't put talked Trey to Morrison in that too. We haven't talked about that that group of transfer guys yeah. as much as I thought we would. Whether it be Trey Morrison, C.J. Colden, Connie Walker, maybe a little unfair because he's been banged up, and he was just a true freshman. Sure, you know, sure. You weren't expecting him. C.J. Colden and Trey Morrison, Colden, were Morrison, both guys that yes. When you when they signed up, you go, oh, those guys. Not only are they transferring in. But they have experience. They've played three or you know two or three years. They've Trey Morrison started at three different positions for North Carolina over the last three years. How does he figure into this? Those are my questions going into Saturday. Guys, next week we'll wrap up the Fearless Twenty. It'll be the last of the five predictions. I'm going to need you guys either to pick a few of those that you just hate, or a few of your own that you're like something a hill you're going to die on with this team. Like I hate to tell you to this, believe. but the worse your fearless forecast is, the better it makes me feel. So I'm not helping you at all. No, that like no, no, no. I mean they're they're locked in. I can't. Uh, there's no changing it now. They they all. What, what I'm they saying are, is I'm so. not going to tell you to change one if I see it and I think God, what a stupid. <laughs> well, by the time we talk again next week, unless unless next week is the two pod week, um, it'll be out. It'll roll Monday Don't morning. So throw stuff out there that's not. Uh, hey, you threw it out there. You no, have started. Said, you have you, no, I, the I, I, I said there's no timeline, but you're saying you're sort of <laughs> what you just said. Do, now everybody's going to go to the board and say you said there were going to be two pods next week. I, I don't think. <laughs> do we need fake fake Josh to come back? Post another woke. 
Oh God! See, uh, that exactly. was that was sound. That was well done. Truly I, one of somebody them. was like, "Why did it get deleted?" I'm like, "It was funny, man. I just didn't want the confusion." Like people were it like, "Would have been there too, you? Josh." No. I I read oh, 100%. it. percent. I read it and thought I I literally my first thought was I thought they got back at four. Why didn't he say anything about being caught up at the airport? Oh, <laughs> uh, that yeah, that was. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't, and Bob, I didn't know about it because we got back last night. And I mean, we're getting, we're picking up kids, exactly. and we're picking up dogs, yeah. and we're, you know, we're just getting life somewhat back in order. And I, you sent it, and I was like, oh God. And so I just soon as I was like, let's not do that. Like, I was it's the funny. fun, I, I, the who, fun police. Yeah. Sorry, people. <laughs> No, no. Whoever did it, like, no hard feelings. You can come up, own it. We will have no beef. Like, it was funny. It was just one of those things where, like, it was almost too well done because then everybody was like, well, Josh, you told us last week. And, I mean, we all know I live my life in something of general confusion. And I'd have been like, did I say that? Like, and it would have turned into, like, I would have believed what someone else reported on my behalf. I it thought Colton Bostic really was about to be bombarded by OU fans. That that's what I thought. That was see, happen. and and that's probably the big that that was where I was like, oh, okay, like because you know OU looks good with Macari Vicker. Okay, fine, you know, like whatever, you know. But then it started taking some turns. I was like, no, let's not, because there's nothing a kid living in the Austin area wants less. Because I mean. I, I've never had a kid shoot down a rumor more emphatically than Colton did. He was like, nah, I'm good. I'm all set. Like, and the, the Texas rumors, they're going to be there all season. Like people yeah. just get, strap your hats on. I, I don't think there's anything to it. Um, I know there's been a lot of, um, uh, you know, obviously the talk about his dad and the connections to university. I, I, I don't know the best way to say this, but I'm just going to say, if you say something on the Crimson Corner, there's, there's a possibility his dad could read it. Like, we're just going to, you know, put that out in the universe. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, Look, I, I, had, I think. I mean, there's the Crimson Corner's madness. I had a lady text me. She had my number from this the is, Isaiah stuff. This is good. Uh, she texted me, and it was a long text. And she was imploring me to help her somehow get in line to be on Smash's newsletter. And I had to tell her that it didn't exist and that... And well, that they, he moved it to Patreon. <laughs> Stop it. So, and here's the one thing I said. Smash, if you're listening, here's one thing I'm going to tell you, and any of your cronies, don't take this stuff to PM and try and convince it because then it becomes like, I'm sending the FBI in or the CIA or whoever. Like, <laughs> leave it on. It's a joke on the board. Leave it there for the noobs. But let's not yes. start to where we're 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 you know getting with people in PMs. And he, I'm not saying that happened. I just wanted to know, like, from her, like, okay, why are you so desperate to get this newsletter? And for, if you if you don't if you're not on the Crimson Corner, you don't know the joke. So uh, Smash Williams for years has been saying that he has this secret newsletter with all this secret OU information in it that you can't get on the scoop. And that, that hits people's heartstrings sometimes, the big OU fans. And they think, well, I want, I want on this. And people buy it. Like they think that there really is it. There's not one. There is not one. Okay? And I, it's a good thing I can say it on the pod because if I said this on the board, they would be like, why don't you want people to know that there really is one? So it would just be a cause. 
No, don't. There's nothing I can do to get you a secret newsletter full of information that if we had it, we would put it on the board. Okay. So just no. But based on the latest information, I do want to follow up. There's no reason this team can't go 12 and 0 and win every game 50 to nothing. Okay. Based off all the information that is coming into the newsletter command oh, okay. center right now. <laughs> The, okay. Eddie, the guy you talked to had seven All-Americans. That, was that his prediction? I, I, he like that? said in between seven and 22. So, I mean, yeah. I think that's yeah. food for thought for a later date. By the way, uh, we are fully stocked, not by much in some sizes. We will be at the end of the week, but uh, Make, uh, Make Lindsay Street, Great Again t-shirt line has been a massive success. Thank you to everybody that has bought it. We've got, uh, we are fully stocked right now. Get to Soonerscoopstore.com and get those because... We're getting another batch in tomorrow, maybe, maybe Monday. Uh, we're going to do a big, like, push, like, advertising all this stuff just to kind of test some stuff out for the store so they could go really fast. And once this next batch is out, I'm not going to be in a big hurry to get a whole lot more. We'll get more in, uh, but we may not have a bunch. It, it, like, we, like, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds coming in uh, either tomorrow or Monday. So this will be probably the last really big batch we do. The flags are coming in today. They're going to be very limited. Uh, and about, I think there are 50 of them. But like if you want to hang it in your garage, man cave, whatever, put it out on your tailgate. Uh, if you want to be one of those guys that puts it with your Trump flag flying out of the back of your uh, F950. And that's what we hope for. Yeah, I really want to see that. And, and be, to clarify any ideas, your Biden flag is also acceptable. <laughs> like what we we don't. It, this is oh, not a political thing. No, no. God. My neighbor, uh, he, he uh, he's one of those people that has a boat but doesn't have any room for it. Uh, mm -hmm. And he flew in my neighborhood on top of his boat a f Joe Biden uh, giant flag. Who is that? Huh? Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't. I just I haven't heard that name. I haven't seen the guy in a while. I know. I, know. I, I just I just know there had been some chatter. It's like, a joke. I, I can I can legitimately say it never crossed my mind when we came up with that slogan or when when no. you guys came up with it. I saw it. It didn't even didn't on occur a, to on me. A, on a on a serious note though. I I have talked to people like over the last week and a half since the fallout of uh, the whatever the, you, the, the premium the announcement or whatever. You, like people within the athletic department have heard what you people what what everybody Your voice wants. is being heard they yes okay. they know that tailgating has to be better in norman how they get to that point i have no idea how it's going to happen but it's not falling on deaf ears i know that for a fact and i, I do want to say and I, I think i can't remember where i heard but it is an important point to remember from everything i'm hearing this has nothing to do with the athletic department this is not an athletic department decision yeah. this is not that I that I somebody expressly kind of you know I guess not express I it's not the athletic department no. it's not their sole choice or anything like that they're not zoning anything like I have, that's not how this works I have fingers crossed that uh, my good fr good friend uh, Joe Harris will take care of this issue at some point in the near future well, maybe I not would, this year but it's it's a work in progress I, I think would that's just the best say thing this. that you can say. Keep the pressure on. Yeah. Do like, not stop people. It, it, Buy the shirt. Because it is going to be embarrassing when they get to the SEC and, you know, our friends from Athens come next year even possibly. And it's like, this is 
what your, what your atmosphere is. But at the same time, like I also know Oklahoma fans well enough. I think that it's going to be a good atmosphere. And I shit, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere on Saturday for UTEP. I will say this, and I had a good friend uh, text me about this, uh, and we have to admit this as much as anything. We really don't know shit about the game day atmosphere at OU because our game day atmosphere is walking from the parking lot to the press box. Like, I mean, we do, but we we don't, but we do because but, I, I, mean, I his don't. point was I don't. look. His point was look. If you go over to ASP, it's a fantastic pregame atmosphere. Sure, like and it is. I mean, we're here on ASP. I mean, it's going to be nuts. We can't even get in here. We can't park over here because it's so crazy. I mean, like. The people that are enjoying it do enjoy it. It's not like it's not like it sucks. It's not like the the pre gaming is terrible at Oklahoma. It's just you know for people that grew up in a certain era, having Lindsay was a great experience, and we used to have a tailgate over there. I mean, Sooner Scoop did. Uh, Gernanski ran it for us. Did a fantastic job. I explained this on the board. Like people keep wanting us to have a tailgate. I'm like, who's which of us are going to be there? Like we don't we we're covering the game. We can't run a tailgate but we used to run a tailgate it was really popular uh Woofy took it over and, and he had a tailgate that's like the first place i met comrade static um shout out uh dj uh duncan boy and you know it was a lot of fun and you know we would love to have a tailgate but we did it before and it just kind of it devolved into a bunch of politics and mess because you know then people we're spending a lot of money on that, and then they wanted a tip jar, and then other people felt like they should be getting paid from the tip jar, and they weren't. Like it just became a disaster. Uh, and and Gerdansky, bless his heart, I mean, he just he he tried for years and years, and it finally just became too much for him. So I don't think we'll be doing that again, unless we're much much bigger than we are now. But we'll probably Which is get, up to you. Well, let's get it going, people. Get it going, people. Say that. So you thought I was talking to you. The I'm man talking, is. I'm, I'm motivating. The man the, is after us. I mean, I don't know how big we can get. Shutting us down. We're definitely the bad boy podcast out there. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, it. Next week is the final week of off season. Thank God. And then we'll be into the season. Hopefully they don't play like shit because that'll make it worse. Uh, but I don't think they will. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Looking forward to talking to everybody today and then next week as we prepare uh, for the season opener. It's finally almost here. Uh, and we're going to be there right every, you know, every step of the way with you guys. So looking forward to it. Thank you for listening. Soonerscoopstore.com. Go check it out. Buy up those Lindsay Street shirts. Flags will be in there this weekend as well. There's a hiccup. And uh, we'll see you guys back here again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com. <laughs>